Oh my God. Oh my God, she's back. Wow. Back with another episode at last. Finally. Hello, my friends. Welcome back or welcome if you're new. This is Black Magic, a podcast where I pull a tarot card and I talk about it. I'm Sarah Black. I'm an extremely powerful witch. Please tell all of your friends. So I know in the last episode I recorded back at the end of December, I think, I talked a little bit about a distraction, a hyperfixation that I had developed with a little video game known as Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> if you know me in person, I have definitely talked to you about this game. I have been playing it since November. And over the holidays, my obsession really ramped up. But I do believe I talked about coming out on the other side of that hyperfixation in the last episode I recorded and that I was going to get back on track with my writing. So cut to February 22nd. And guess what? That wasn't entirely true. Uh, turns out I had some hyperfixation left to burn through. And that's that is kind of what I've been up to and not very much else. Here's the thing. God, winter is so hard <laughs> for me. I know some people love winter. I, I think in recent years have tried to embrace it more, but it is not my natural instinct to enjoy winter because I get very depressed. And not like clinically depressed. Mm. I 95% of the time I can still get out of bed and lead a relatively fulfilled life. But, you know, you just get the winter blues and can I can be really low energy, especially when sunshine has been scarce. I mean, five minutes in the sun after endless weeks of gray, overcast, snowy, slushy, icy cold weather. I get a little sunshine. I feel like a new person. I feel like I have a will to live. I remember that like love and romance and like joie de vivre are real. I'm like a whole new person. But the in-between time where it's just been monotonous, gray, cold weather for weeks, I get a little... Uh, I get a little... Uh, melancholic and a little listless. And I just don't really have a lot of interest in partaking in reality. And I think, as you can imagine, an incredibly immersive video game can really help with distracting yourself from that reality that you're not really interested in participating in. So that's kind of what I've been up to. Just a lot of yeah, escaping reality via consumption of media, which is nothing new. If you know, you know. Previously, it was Succession, and now I have Baldur's Gate. And I'm sure once I get over Baldur's Gate, if that's even possible, 
a new obsession will come along eventually and it will replace that and we'll go through this whole process again. I will admit Baldur's Gate is probably on a level I've never experienced before just because it is so interactive. I am a little bit worried about how deeply entrenched in this obsession I've become, but, you know, eventually I am going to beat this game. Believe it or not, I haven't beat it yet. I'm not even going to share how many hours I put into this game, but I'm on my, like, third game file because it's just a— You know what? I'm not going to turn this into a Baldur's Gate podcast, so I will not delve into the details. Again, if you know, you know. But yeah, eventually I am going to beat this game and move on with my life. But in the meantime, I figured, you know, maybe let's try to rediscover— my love for my original passion, my original um, favorite form of creative expression, a.k.a. my writing, also a.k.a. this podcast. (laughs) So, hi, missed you guys. And uh, hopefully it won't be a month and a half before the next episode. You know what? I'm not going to say hopefully. I'm committing. I got to start doing this again because here's the other thing. that has been making me want to dissociate from reality. Your girl's EI is going to run out soon. So I've been kind of taking a dip into ye old job postings. And it's depressing as fuck. <laughs> so I have that as a little bit of a motivator to be like, well, if I'm not actively pounding the online pavement and like applying for jobs the very least I could be doing is something productive like working on my writing and working on my podcast so here I am because the alternative is that I work for the Klarna of healthcare basically (laughs) that was a job listing I saw you can save payments for later on your emergency surgeries And I would be, I guess, sending people sternly worded emails because they have yet to make their monthly payment on the open heart surgery that they just had. Woof, you guys. (laughs) So the cards that I have pulled for this week's episode, it's the Nine of Cups. And the Nine of Cups is all about... (laughs) desire and gratitude wishes fulfilled Mm, think getting everything that you've ever wanted everything that you've ever asked for which of course sounds like the ideal outcome of course people want to get what they want of course you want to have your wildest dreams fulfilled on a surface level what i'm going to talk about this week is the complications that come with getting what you want and getting what you've asked for and how it's not as straightforward as one might think. First, I'll describe each of the cards, as I always do. So for the Rider Waite Smith deck, we have a person, a very proud-looking person, sitting on a bench, arms crossed over their chest. They look quite 
they very much radiate this like smug energy. And behind them are displayed these nine cups, these nine, they look like trophies or goblets almost. And so this card gives you this impression of this person being like, look at all my riches, look at all my bounty, like, look how blessed I am. Good for him. (laughs) And the nine of cups for the wild unknown is a very calm, serene background of horizontal lines in these kind of pastel, soothing shades of pink and blue, and it goes almost a little bit green at the bottom of the card. And then we have these nine cups arranged in a half circle formation or a U, and then a crescent moon at the top of the card. It's a very calm card. So it is kind of like evokes that feeling of bliss and of gratitude almost. I think we could interpret this card as being very straightforward and cut and dry, like you're going to get everything that you've wished for. All of your deepest desires will be fulfilled. And I think for some people, (laughs) that's great news. Amazing. Who doesn't want that? If you're like me, it's a little bit more complicated. And I say this as somebody who very frequently uh, self-sabotages when they get close to getting something that they've asked for. And God, how I wish I knew or could explain why I do that. I have some inklings, (laughs) some suspicions. I think sometimes... I say that I want a thing, and then when I'm faced with the reality of getting it, I get really scared. I get really, um, I think I'm afraid of that thing that I want, not living up to my expectations and being disappointed. So I like eject, (laughs) evacuate, (laughs) um, and abort before I can be faced with that reality. That's one thing. (laughs) Or maybe I'm afraid that I won't live up to the thing that I want. So if we take writing for an example, I often self-sabotage with writing where I just (laughs) avoid it by playing a video game instead or getting swept up in other things. And even though I feel most like myself when I am expressing myself through my writing and I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose, I guess, (laughs) when I'm writing, there is also still a part of me that has huge imposter syndrome and is so insecure in my skill level that has so many doubts that, like, um, is this even worth my time? Do people even care about my writing? Does what I say or write even make any sense? Is anyone connecting with it? Like, I have all of these doubts. And rather than, you know, muddling through 
and potentially running into that feedback of like, hey, this doesn't really resonate or you sound insane or <laughs> whatever, whatever the critiques might be. Instead of, you know, risking having to hear that, I just shut down and I just don't I don't do the thing that I most love doing, which is writing. It's almost like a control issue. I'm realizing as I'm kind of talking about this, like, I can't control how other people react to my writing, but I can control my own, like, the act of writing itself. And if I don't do it, if I have that control over the situation and I just remove myself (laughs) from the potential risk of feeling like a failure as a writer, well, then I'll never feel that failure, except I'm still failing. So that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So why do I do it? That'll be, I'll think about that and I'll get back to you. (laughs) It'll be another (laughs) podcast topic that I'll talk about. So yeah, I think there this idea of like having your wishes come true, your your dreams fulfilled on a surface level can sound really fantastic, but if you're a self-sabotager like me, if you have control issues, if you are, you know, suffering imposter syndrome or you're insecure, or whatever you've got going on, like sometimes like being faced with actually getting what you've asked for can be really scary and you just shut down and self-sabotage instead. So this card could be a calling to like be aware that you're doing that to yourself and maybe don't do that. <laughs> do, just don't do that. Do something else instead. I think sometimes we also don't fully consider the magnitude of change that we'll have to undergo in order to make room for the things that we think that we want or maybe we do really want them maybe it isn't a um an illusion but i think sometimes we have these grand fantasies for what we think we want our lives to look like but then when it comes to actually having the opportunity to act and to make those dreams a reality, we sometimes face the consequences of that in the sense of like, it comes along with cons that maybe we haven't considered. Like as an example, I talk all the time about how I want to have a villa in Italy and live by the ocean and have this like gorgeous romantic writer's life where I get up early every morning and I write for hours and hours and then in the afternoon I swim in the ocean and sunbathe and then I have gorgeous dinner parties every night with amazing interesting people and that's my life and of course on a surface level that sounds like a dream but as somebody who moved to the East Coast from the West Coast uh, almost five years ago now, I think I have a little bit more perspective on what a move like that would actually entail. Because realistically, I live in Montreal. All of my family lives in BC. Uh, A lot of my dear friends live in BC. And I go back to BC twice a year. 
maybe maybe three times if I'm really lucky and I have the money. But I go home in the summertime and I go home for Christmas. And it's really difficult to have these people that I love so much be so far away from me for most of the year. And I'm still in the same country. I'm only on the other side of it. Uh, it's a four-hour flight, four-and-a-half-hour flight from Montreal to Vancouver. And I still feel like I miss out on so much not being able to be there. And it's been really tough trying to build a life separate from that in Montreal, even though I really like, I love my life here too. And I have friends that I love here as well. But the reality is, I mean, the pandemic and lockdowns and restrictions definitely hampered my ability to build the community here that I wanted to see. I feel like I'm only now just kind of getting to experience Montreal like with a social life. <laughs> um, and it's been five years. And I knew people when I moved here. <laughs> like, so to take to have that in mind and think about this dream that I have for myself of living in Italy, like that would be so much harder. I wouldn't know anybody living in Italy. So I'd be completely building a life from scratch. I'd be so much further away from, you know, the, my family and friends and would realistically probably only see them once every couple of years. So the ability to visit them would be significantly reduced. So it's kind of one of those things where like the dream of it is almost better than the reality that I would get if I actually had that opportunity. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, <laughs> but I think I would go into it with a little bit more of a realistic view of like what how hard that move would actually be. And so I think sometimes it's a good idea to evaluate those dreams that you have for yourself, those wants and desires, and ask yourself, is this actually something that I want? Or is this something that's just fun to think about? This is like a fun little fantasy that I have, but I'm actually not really interested in navigating the politics of moving to Italy and getting a citizenship there and buying land and being a homeowner in a country where I don't speak the language. Like, I think, yeah, sometimes sometimes it's good to know when a fantasy is just a fun fantasy and when you actually are wanting something and dedicating your energy into manifesting that dream coming true. Because I think also that sometimes you can have all of these wants and it really scatters your focus. And so, I mean, if we're going to go very like woo-woo cosmic, like I manifest the life that I want to have, you have to be pretty focused with that energy, I think. If it's really scattered, if you have all of these little fantasies and dreams that you're making up for yourself and you're not really overly invested in them, then the universe doesn't really know what to deliver you, right? Like, you have to be kind of laser focused with what you're asking for and be prepared to receive it. There have definitely been many times in my life where I've asked for something from the universe and I've gotten the thing that I wanted and realized, like, fuck, this is not 
this ain't it. <laughs> like, this is not, this isn't working out the way that I thought it was going to. This isn't, I wasn't prepared for this level of responsibility that getting this thing that I've asked for, like what comes along with it. So I think you'll do yourself a favor by really kind of thinking about the kinds of things that you're asking for and becoming a lot more focused on those specific things that are real wants and desires that you want to see come to reality and not just a fun little thought experiment that you have. And if you don't actually know what you want, you are not alone. (laughs) I think that is something that I have struggled with my whole life, basically. I mean, I love to want things. I'm definitely like I'm a yearner. I love yearning. I love desiring. I love coveting. But when it comes down to like being very serious, I don't know. I've never really been able to answer the question of what I want. I've always been better at defining what I don't want. (laughs) And I think only recently in my life have I started to feel like I know myself well enough to know what I actually want versus what's just like silly fantasizing. And I think that's part of the key to kind of figuring out if you are somebody who struggles with knowing what you want. I think part of defining that is getting to know yourself better. For one thing, I think it's really difficult to I think we're set up for failure in this society when it comes to being self-aware and knowing what we want and knowing who we are because it is you're not going to be surprised but I'm going to blame capitalism once again our consumerist culture I think it's really hard to sell people a bunch of useless shit when they have a strong sense of self and knowing what they want and don't want. Because you're not in a position when you have that strong sense of self of feeling like this feeling of confusion and being lost and trying to fill the void in your life with things. It's really hard to market things to you when you're very aware of like what's bullshit and what you don't need and what is actually like a necessity to you or a luxury to you. It is in the interest of capitalism to keep us preoccupied and lost. So we keep buying products and services and wellness cures. I'm making air quotes (laughs) to try and fix that lack of defined self that we have. And then in addition to that, a society that hinges on our lack of self-awareness, we also are just constantly growing and changing. We are, the playing field is always shifting and we're always discovering new information about ourselves and our interests. And it makes us think like, whoa, hold on, maybe there's more to me to discover. I'm able to change. I'm able to grow. I'm I'm able to change my mindset. And so That can make it really hard to know what you want, too, because maybe you want something earnestly right now, but in a year's time, maybe you'll have changed your mind. And so with that, I think it's good to just always have that in mind that you're constantly changing, you're constantly growing, and go after the things that you're, you know, that you think that you want, 
but also don't be afraid to change your mind. Uh, Based on new information, it's okay to be like, you know what? I thought I wanted this promotion, and now I'm faced with the reality of what this job actually entails, and it's not for me, and that's okay. Or, you know, I thought that I would really enjoy my time in this new city that I've moved to away from all of my friends, and I'm actually horrifically lonely, and I hate it here, and I'm going to move back. That's also okay. Or it's okay to be like, actually, I thought that I hated this city, but now I'm starting to feel a community and I've made a little life here. And, you know, it's fine. (laughs) Changing your mind about things is not the end of the world. Some of us, on a whim, say that we're going to move to the Arctic. And then it doesn't work out and we change our minds. And even though we've told everyone that we know that this is what our plan is, it's totally okay to then go back on that and be like, you know what? After giving it some more thought, uh, I would probably kill myself living in eight months of winter a year. So I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And that's okay. And I think lastly, with this card, my favorite interpretation, I think, of this is that it's a reminder that you can have wants and desires and dreams for yourself it's very healthy it's fun to fantasize and to yearn and to want and to desire but I think also that needs to be balanced with gratitude (laughs) and appreciation for everything that you already have in your life finding this balance of brushing up against the boundaries of comfort that you have in your day-to-day life, in this life that you've built for yourself, where you can appreciate everything that you've been given, everything that you've worked for, and still strive for the next thing without falling into feeling like your life lacks in any way. I think there's something so cool and alluring about the energy of somebody who is just so grateful for the abundance that they have. And they're so like open to sharing that with the people in their lives, but they're also like zeroed in, they're locked in on their goals and things that they want to accomplish. And it comes from a place of wanting to challenge themselves. It's not because they feel like their life is lacking, but they want to level up in their art or in the work that they do, or they just want to just adds a little spice to life, you know, when you can set goals for yourself and then knock them off and feel like, yeah, I fucking did that. (laughs) I think that's the energy that I'm really working on for myself this year in 2024. (laughs) I think I have a lot of placements in my astrology that make me prone to impatience for the next thing, the next accomplishment to come. I've got that Aries rising and moon. I've got the Sag sun. I've got a Capricorn Mars which makes me very ambitious and stubborn as fuck and makes me want to take the road 
less traveled (laughs) to make things incredibly difficult on myself. That's just who I am, babe. But I need that energy to motivate me to, sure, accomplish my goals and to learn new things and meet new people and travel to new places and do those things that make me feel like I'm progressing, but also maintaining this balanced energy of being confident in what I've already built for myself, which I think is a pretty cool fucking life. And I'm very happy with where I'm at. Love the people who share it with me. Love all of you. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Not to get sappy, but if you're still following this podcast, bless you. And yeah, I think we can all benefit from embracing this this energy of or this feeling of feeling gratitude for everything that we've built in our lives while still feeling motivated to go after a little bit more as a challenge, as a little treat to keep things spiced up, you know, not because we're not good enough or our parents didn't love us enough or whatever whatever childhood trauma is that feels you know, compelling and and forces us to be overachieving little freaks. So that's the reading. That's the card for this week. I hope that resonates with you. And if it doesn't, well, (laughs) I'll try harder next time. (laughs) Okay. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter as Sarzapan, it's like Marzapan, but with an S. And leave me a rating, a review if you like. Oh yeah, I'm also Sarzapan on Letterboxd. Please follow me on Letterboxd <laughs> if you have it. I want more friends on there. I'm, I write some reviews sometimes. Mostly I just log and rate. But every once in a while, I feel inspired to write a review. And I think that's it. Those are all the platforms I'm active on right now. It might change in the future. I got a Blue Sky invite, finally. I think they've opened it up to everyone now, but I don't, I haven't been using it. Social media is in shambles, you guys. I've really lost my love for it, even though I can't stay off Twitter, um, despite my deteriorating mental health. But that's... Save that for another time. Okay. (laughs) Love you guys. Bye.